Thank you for tuning in for the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice where I specialize in maternal mental health as well as women. With the podcast, we'll be talking all things womanhood, motherhood, and a few things sprinkled in in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. And don't they let me when I all right thank you for joining me for another episode of the push through podcast and i'm so excited to have my next guest sierra bird hey sierra Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Now, to give you a little bit of background of Sierra, she is a jack of all trades. She is an artist. She is a practitioner, spiritual healer. Um, she's a visionary. She just she's a mother. She's a world traveler. Right now, you're in Nepal, right? Um, I'm in Senegal. Senegal. I don't know why I got Nepal from. <laughs> I would love to visit Nepal as well. <laughs> right now you're in Senegal. So um, before we even get back into like your backstory, how did Senegal come up on the radar? What prompted this new new venture? <laughs> well, honestly, we, um, we were still trying to get back to our home in Thailand. Um, mm. We were supposed to go back last year right before all of the lockdowns happened Mm -hmm. um and so we had a flight our flight got canceled and we were still trying to go and then um to make a long story short the visa and the way to get into thailand was just too complicated Uh. um and everybody had been like we had been really heavy on africa lately and i've never been before um and so i started doing a little research i heard a few people say senegal and really it was just like it was just a complete leap of faith. I, I didn't know anybody that had been here. I reached out um, to an influencer on Instagram that I knew was based in Dakar, Senegal, and yeah. she sent me a bunch of things. And I was like, we don't need a visa. Let's just go. If it's not for us, we'll leave. But we really love it. And wow. I'm so glad we chose to come here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How long have you guys been there so far now? Um, it's been almost three weeks. Oh, it's been that long. Okay. So how, what, what is it like? What's the culture like and the food and the, um, well, we're staying in a small village outside of the big city. Mm -hmm. So if you're in Dakar, which is like the furthest point of West Africa, like coming out, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, it's a big city. So it's kind of like New York and LA vibes, tons of traffic, tons of people, lots of activity happening on the streets. Um, But we're staying in a village that is about an hour south of that. And so it's very, very intimate. It's very cash only, no internet. We're right on the ocean and we watch the fishermen every morning. Um, And as we walk through the village, they're kind of telling us like, who everyone is and mm-hmm. I was like I don't think I could walk you through my village at home you know and like everyone is related but it's so beautiful mm. to see like how they help each other and to just really be immersed in it and be accepted um and that's just what we've seen from three for three uh, weeks <laughs> I just I I admire your 
pick up and go like especially with children like I just always just in general always just thought that was just so cool about you that you could just be like yeah I'm working in Thailand I'm doing you know whatever and being bi-coastal or when you would be spending time in just LA and I've always had fear especially and, and to be honest like fear as a black person to just like travel the world I would just always assume that there would be people who have issues or just like traveling alone and I just it, I thought it was just so cool that you did it <laughs> especially with children because <laughs> you know I mean like you only live once in the world like definitely is your oyster and it's like why not yeah yeah I just I really wanted to be able to do it while the babies are small um, because I feel like once they get bigger, you know, I have an idea of how I would like their life to be. And I, I feel like right now I enjoy giving them these experiences, but um, it's kind of in my mind, I imagine we'll settle down at some point. <laughs> That's super cool. Okay. So to go back, you're originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Yeah. So I actually, I was born in Ohio, but I grew up in of Georgia and then um, my family moved to Charlotte and so I graduated there and that's that's really it feels like my hometown um, all of my family is there my partner his family is there so that's home for us cool so who would you say um, or I guess like you know most of the times for like girls um, we'll have this idea of our future or planning, like when I get married or if I get married or if I have children or whatnot. Some, some women do and some women don't. Did you always know yeah. that you wanted to be a mom? Yeah, I, I really did. And it's funny because when, um, my son was born, so many people were like, I never thought you would have kids. And I was like, sometimes it would take me back because I would be like, I never, I never said that I didn't want to have kids. I like love traveling, but I think um, I had, I had young parents, mm -hmm. and I think that that made me really um, hungry to do a lot of things before I had kids. Yeah. Um, but I always wanted them. I always wanted a big family. Um, both of my parents are like single children for the most part, so they, I don't have a lot of extended family, and I think that's also one reason that I'm able to be so carefree and just traveling because I don't have like big, big roots. I feel like sometimes people with big, big families, they don't want to go away from them because they're so used to being tight knit with them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely always imagined having kids. And um, when I did my first trip around the world, I remember seeing little like parents with their kids at these beaches and these different places and just imagining like what that would be like as the child to experience that growing up mm. so that became one of my dreams to when I had kids to take them to these places because we're kind of creating their story yeah. in a sense and so the memories that they have are the experiences we give them um and maybe my kids will decide that they actually they don't care and they want to just stay rooted because they did so much when they were small mm -hmm. but we'll see that's awesome so <laughs> who were huge influences for you as mm -hmm. you thought about the type of mother that you wanted to be oh wow I, you know, I think it was probably, it was a combination of things that I saw more so than like a celebrity or a person that was really close to me. Mm -hmm. I think that there were, I, 
I think it would be easier for me to answer that there were a lot of women that inspired me just um, based on the way I saw them living their lives and the things that they were doing. And then um, I really, I really was um, like unaware of what it felt like to be a mom, even though I had friends that had kids. Mm -hmm. I was so like, I just, I had no, I couldn't comprehend it at all until I became a mother. Like I didn't, even though I saw women that had kids, it didn't make me say like, this is what their life is like. Because now that I have them and I'm trying to juggle all the things, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm constantly thinking, oh my gosh, you were going through all of this and I never knew, (laughs) I never knew what to ask Mm. you. I never knew to say like, are you okay? How is this going, you know? So I think, um, I I honestly, I I don't know, mom influencers. (laughs) 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 I couldn't say, because I feel like, I'm just I'm just figuring it out as I go along, honestly. Yeah. Aren't we all? And yeah. <laughs> when you got pregnant with your first son, um, was it something that was planned, not planned, mm-hmm. not prevented, or how how did yeah. that all hit you when you found out? Um, yeah, it was definitely we kind of planned. It was one of those things where we really were like, Do we wanna have a baby now? Okay. And then mm-hmm. I just happened I got pregnant and we were both we were both really excited. So we kind of say that we called him here. We oh. asked for him. Um my and so that's my son Haru Matisse. Mm-hmm. Um my second baby Kawhi was definitely a surprise. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually I always wanted twins and it's funny because their birthdays are only a week apart. Really? And so they're exactly two years apart and very, very, very similar. Wow. Um, so it's going to be interesting as they grow up. Wow. That's super cool. How was your pregnancy with your first? Um, my pregnancy, it was so... With Okay, so with my pregnancy, I knew immediately that I wanted to have a doula. Mm. Um, I knew right away that I wanted to have a natural birth. I wanted to try to do the water birth. And these were things that the only reason I was aware of them is because I had clients that were doulas and mm. that kind of introduced me to this type of work. Yeah. Um, it, I think if I hadn't worked with them and I hadn't been introduced to that sort of like spiritual women's wellness through my clients, mm-hmm. I may not have, um, I may not have chosen that because my mom is a mother baby nurse and she works in the hospital Mm. and she was actually, she was, she was very not supportive actually. Mm. Um, And so when we first went to the birthing center, I actually took her with me um, before Brandon came with me because I was like, I want, I need for you as my mom to be very supportive of this Mm -hmm. because I know that I need you to be there for me through this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what it what it's like to give birth but um it'll make me happy if you feel comfortable and you ask the questions because I just feel like we're women we can give birth we can give birth like our bodies are built to do this yeah um and I didn't I didn't really have any fear I just knew that I wanted to be able to like just let my body do what it needed to do yeah um my pregnancy was it was It was pretty smooth after I started hearing other birth stories. Um, I think I might have been a little dramatic, but just kind of in the way that we all are when we're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I couldn't sleep. Um, All of those things. But really, I think I had a a great pregnancy. Good. So you did go through with the natural birth, water birth, all of that? 
Yeah, so my first one, um, we ended up using a birthing center, and I had an amazing doula named Fometa Darling, and she kind of, um, I met with her very early, like before you could even tell that I was pregnant, because I was just like, I need a doula. And so she started telling me um, all the different places where we could do it, because they said, um, at the time, they told me North Carolina, it was illegal to do home births there. Hmm. So we planned um, to use a birthing center that was in Charlotte. And when I actually, when I went into labor, we did all of it at home and, um, it was very, very intimate. It was great. Um, it was very, very intense. I definitely would say the contractions were worse than the actual yeah, labor it is. Giving, or the giving birth. <laughs> but, um, at the, at the very end, I started to freak out because for me, nothing was changing. Like I hadn't lost my plug. I hadn't, my water didn't break. And so I was like, what do I need to do? And I like, I felt so happy that we were at home though. And I had my doula because based on the stories I heard, I felt like if I had been at the hospital, they would have kind of like suggested heavily that I do a C-section just because of the way I was progressing and the time it was taking. Um, But finally, after hours, um, my plug came, we rushed to the birthing center. And then within, I would say an hour and a half of being there, my son was born. But um, they filled up the tub. I was able to do a bit of the birthing in the tub. And then I actually got out and was on all fours um, to give birth. And it was, I I remember like feeling like I was watching myself, not necessarily like I was in my body anymore, but I was like sitting next to myself watching me give Mm. birth. And um, it was, it was crazy. But then the part that I loved so much was like, as soon as he came out, I felt like all the pain was gone. There was no more pain. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I'm holding my baby. Here he is. Mm-hmm. And we're done. He's out of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It was amazing. Um, but then my second son, the birthing center closed oh, and wow. we ended up doing the entire thing at our home. We got um, the blow up pool and that was an equally amazing experience. That is amazing. I always think that it is so beautiful and so like empowering for anyone who can have a natural birth and to have it, yeah. especially like at home or at a birth center. Cause like you, I had both of my kids at the hospital, but the contractions yeah. are the hard part and people don't often talk about it. And I even remember with my first Ezra, I had tore and my husband was like, did you feel it when you tore? And I was like, honestly, I didn't. It's like if someone, yeah. if you break your leg and then someone shoots you in the arm, you're not going to feel one of those things. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so much going on and there's this adrenaline rush and then you have yes. a baby. So you just don't think about it. But it's, it is like your body is just like transforming and it's just exactly. a crazy miracle, really. Yeah. (laughs) So after you had your first, what was like new mom life like for you? What was after birth experience? I will say I kept telling everyone that I feel like I was way more prepared to be pregnant and for the birth than I was about those first three weeks Mm. of postpartum. And I just felt like that's the part that nobody talks about and nobody tells you. And you're like, this is actually more important than everything else because I have to heal and I have to try to breastfeed my baby and deal with people trying to come and visit me. And like, it's just, it's so much. Right. Inside (laughs) note to to anybody. I really was in, the first three weeks were intense and I felt like it was kind of like the hardest thing I've ever done. But once I got past that period of like, 
okay, I feel good again, like my body isn't hurting, you know, mm-hmm. then I felt like I was in this dreamy place of just like looking at my baby every day mm-hmm. and kind of being able to like just allow myself to just lay in bed and hold my baby yeah. and like not feel like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm supposed to be answering emails or like taking calls and being productive. And I'm sure that's my Capricorn. That's <laughs> just me wanting to be <laughs> doing a million things. But um, I would... I remember I had a stack of books that I would just read out loud to him and they weren't baby books. They were books for me, but like I would read them to him and I felt like those were the first stories that I put in his mind. And it was just, it was, it was very, it was very beautiful. And I feel very happy that we were able to build that bond. Mm. Um, With my son Kawhi, I haven't, I, it's been different because, you know, when you already have a little one running around, you're not able to do the, the same things. Yeah. Um, and so it makes me reminisce on those days, those first three or four months um, when Haru was born. Like, it really, it was so sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I forgot to even mention this when we first started. So Sierra is the person mm-hmm. who did all of my branding for Push Through. <laughs> so for my box, my logo, everything. And I remember when I was like telling you the idea and I was like, yeah, I want something for like women after, you know, they have the baby in the fourth trimester and you like got it, mm-hmm. executed all of that. So, yes. 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 Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that's one of those things where it's like, I remember that entire process, but still not understanding it because I hadn't gone through mm-hmm. it yet. So I didn't mm-hmm. know like what I knew it felt important, but I still, until you have a baby and you know what it feels like those, yeah. those first weeks and you're trying to heal and trying to get yourself together man i i mean the box is the most amazing thing <laughs> <laughs> now um what supports did you have for your second for your first and your second like were you did your mom um, come did you have a postpartum so my doula? doula was also a postpartum doula so she still Good. came over um she did a lot of things around my house um as far as like helping with folding laundry and cleaning up and making sure the kitchen looked nice. And then she also would like make me all these herbal teas um, that I continue to drink almost every single day ah, since then. Nice. Um, and she would line them up in jars on the counter and make sure that I drink all of them the whole day. Mm. Um, and then I'm trying to think it was my mom, my mother-in-law, my sister kind of coming through. But a lot of times it was just me and Haru just at home together, like people would would come in and kind of make sure we were okay. But then um, I was just at home with him. And that's why we did a lot of reading and just relaxing together. And I would just kind of talk to him or I would, um, at that time I had a room that was kind of like my art room and office. Mm-hmm. And so I would lay him in there and I would paint pictures and talk to him as if he was, <laughs> he became my new little best friend um, during those times. But my second, I had a midwife who was incredible. I love her so much. Mm. Um, but I didn't, I feel like I didn't have as much, like, I didn't want really as many people to come over okay. with my second as I did in the beginning or with my son, Haru. Um, I had, I still kind of had the same, like, the same type of help, but I still felt like I kind of wanted to just be with both of them because I really kind of, I struggled with the, so the night that I gave birth, that was the first time that Haru had ever spent the night somewhere else. He stayed with my mom. Mm. He had never slept anywhere before. 
And so when he came home that morning, um, I felt like he had just grown up so much (laughs) and I was like in a place of like being in love with my new baby but also like feeling like I have like how do I do this with both of them you Mm -hmm. know and um finding the balance kind of became like it was a sad place for me just if I'm transparent a little bit um I feel like I'm really good with it now but those first few weeks were just kind of like I felt like I wanted to hold my other son, I wanted to hold the baby, but then I was like, wait, like, and then when Haru saw me breastfeeding for the first time, he completely freaked out and started crying oh. and tried to pull his head off of me because I hadn't stopped breastfeeding him yet. Oh. So basically we, I became, I was tandem breastfeeding for a while and <laughs> it was very emotional, but still, still like now that I'm not in that space, it was still very beautiful and very dreamy and the things that I created that like came into my mind during that period, I can't even tell you like how that happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's awesome. Now how, because I, I can imagine it, it being kind of difficult and I even know, you know, like when you bring a second mm-hmm. child home, um, trying to balance like loving your yeah. first and making sure that they don't feel left out, but still like being present for the new baby and just like getting adjusted, yeah. you know, it can be like such a challenge. How were you able to get through just any challenges yeah. that you had as a mom? How were you able to, I guess, in so many ways, like push through whenever you felt like you had some difficult times? Um, honestly, I don't know if I did it the best way. Sometimes I think I definitely tried to do more than I should have Mm. just because I wanted to, to make sure that I was still doing as much as I could for both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but really it was, it became difficult. I would say sometimes to watch, um, cause Peru's with me all the time. He isn't like, I, he, he wasn't ever really like babysat and like, left at my in-laws or like my parents and like I would do things he really was with me all the time and if I went somewhere he came with me um and I loved that and I think that when I had my second I couldn't necessarily move that same way because it was two and so I did the best that I could but um it was really just the you just got to do what you got to (laughs) do you know I felt like um I kind of stopped thinking about it and just kind of carried on and I feel like we have a great balance now. But again, some of those things, I don't even know. They just were like, we got to do what we got to do. Right. I love them both. They're both going to be on me. I'm tandem breastfeeding, mm. like tucking one in, holding the other one. It's it's all it's all crazy and all beautiful at the same yes. time. <laughs> now, something that also I think like is really inspiring about you is that how you are artist and just how your mind works and all of these beautiful things that you're able to create and Mm -hmm. you are a busy person. So how do you balance, you know, being someone who has all of this work and being Mm -hmm. so present with your kids? How do you, how do you do both? Yeah. Well, so it became, um, I started to have really weird hours. I would say, um, I would get up really, really early and go to sleep early because I wanted during the day to be as present with them as I could. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, I was saying, I want to, I want them to be with me. I like having them with me during the day and doing the things. And, um, I like finding enjoyment in the daily tasks that I do at home that, 
I didn't think about before because I do, I have a lot of projects and I work really fast. And so before what I would do to my schedule, I could not do now with kids. And like, that's, that's something I'm still practicing. The, the saying no, the taking on less, the giving myself more time to do things and just realizing that it was great that I was able to work like that before, but I, I really can't do that anymore and it's fine. Um, but I also think that was part of the reason that we went and lived in the places that we did. That was the reason we went to Thailand because the the being on the complete opposite side of the world of most of my clients are not thinking like, oh, let me check my email because I know everybody's asleep. So then by the time um, when I wake up early, I'm kind of checking my emails and seeing what happened on their day. And then I spend the rest of the day with my kids. And then after I put them to bed, it's kind of like everybody's waking up. So I, I got into this new cycle. And here in Senegal, it's, it's a similar flow that we're getting into. Um, but again, because it is a village, we do have help in our house that's become like our new family. Oh, nice. But it feels really comfortable to me. My kids at all times. Um, and I have breaks when I go and do work during the day. But then a lot of times I'm just playing with them. Um, and I keep the same schedule of doing work in the morning, work in the evening. Um, and if I just can't, I just don't because I'm like... I'm a human I right. care, and I have to do my own spiritual work and I have to take care of myself so that I can create the things I do for other people Yeah, um, and be a mom to my kids and a partner and a wife, you know, all, all the those things. Hats. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to my next question. How do you prioritize yourself or how do you take care of yourself or do self-care for you? Um, I would say my spiritual journey really brought all of that into my life in a way that helped me to understand it. Like, um, I'm now, I'm incredibly obsessed and influenced by the moon and by mm. the seasons and kind of like the cycles that we go through. Um, and I really place, that's kind of, that's how I take care of myself, I would say, by, by focusing on those things. As simple as knowing that when it's a new moon, that's when you're starting fresh. And so I don't, and, the, and then the full moon is kind of when you're at your peak energy and so on through all the phases that go on mm -hmm. throughout the moon cycle. And so I know what I'm supposed to be doing for myself during that time. Mm. And I don't try to do the opposite because mm -hmm. then when I do that, it makes me crazy and I know why. And it's because I'm like trying to do things at the wrong the wrong time. Um, and it, I, sometimes that might seem a little crazy. You're like, oh, it's the moon. But really it influences the way the ocean comes in and now we're living right on the ocean and I can see it. Ah. So it's, it's cool that I can like something that from North Carolina didn't seem like it, it had as much weight, but here I can literally see how the fishermen even use the moon in the sky yeah. based on when they go outside That's true. and how the ocean comes closer to us when the moon is full and how it affects when my period starts right. and all of these things. Yeah. But um, I have, all of the art that I do now is also my self-care and I do it in accordance with the phases of the moon. And I have like different oils, different herbs, different things that I use based on the season and the moon cycle that we're in. And those things like they make me happy. They make my spirit smile. Mm. And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> now, as you said that, it reminded me when I was a kid, my parents had a calendar and it was like mm -hmm. a fisherman's calendar and it was based yeah. off of the moon phases was when it was like the mm -hmm. best time to go fishing. 
And it, yes. I just, that, you saying that reminded me of that because <laughs> I, I remember being that. But I know that, um, so another awesome thing about Sierra, because there's so many things, um, on your website, you have candles and you um, have books on tracking the moon phases and you have tarot cards and all of that. Tell us a little bit about that and how you came to create all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you bring up the um, almanac that you had because that's actually the same way I was introduced to it. Um, James, his father, was telling me about the almanac. He he always he's a big fisherman as well, mm-hmm. and so he would always be talking to me about when to go do things and when the sign was in the right. And I was like, hold on, he's talking to me about the things that I love, but he's using like a different language because he's 80. And so he's like, (laughs) we're both talking about the moon. We're both talking about the Zodiac signs, but he's saying it like from his generation. And I was like, there's, there's a gap because I feel like no one, my generation uses an almanac. Like they don't really think about like, this is, this is what this book is for. It has all of the moons. It has all of the signs of the Zodiac and when the moon is in those every day. And um, I was flipping through the one that he gave me initially. And I was like, the, it was fish on the calendar. Yeah. And like they were highlighted, like some were black and some were white. And I was like, this is a moon calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, mm-hmm. I, I, the way I work is that I'll do nothing. And then I'll have one thing will spark my inspiration. And then for like four days, I can pump out like an entire book just overnight because it just all comes in and I'm able to like flow through the entire thing. Um, And that's kind of that's kind of what happened, because I was like, we we need like an almanac. We need this modern guide that has all of these ancient things that our grandparents and great grandparents were using. And they just they were so in tune with it where it wasn't even like they were studying it. It was just natural to them. They just knew it. And that's the thing that's been so delicious, I would say, about being in Senegal because I'm watching them do those same things. And you're like, they're not studying this stuff. It's just just so natural to them. And um, I just, well, to continue, the cards, I have a deck of cards that you can play games with and Mm -hmm. that was actually my initial thought because i was like what do we do when we get together we play spades the card table comes out and everybody starts playing games and i was like how do i introduce this information that i've been studying that we all know it but we just may have never looked at it in this way and i was like a card game because we can we can play games we can play normal games but you'll start to recognize the number and the symbol and in a traditional card deck it doesn't have any words on it it just has the symbols um and so i've started to add them because i wanted to break it down and like help myself remember i really created it for myself in addition to allowing people to play with it um but i think that through giving birth I received this information and my doula told me um, before before my son Haru was born, she said, sometimes women like pass out when they're having contractions. Mm. And she said, I think that that is when they're receiving their downloads on how to be a mother Uh. or like they're receiving the information from above. And I was like, I want that to happen. (laughs) I (laughs) I was like, I know that sounds crazy. But then 
when we were at home going through the labor contractions, after every single contraction, I like passed out. Oh, wow. <laughs> James was really freaking out. <laughs> My doula kept telling him, she's okay, she's okay. And then I would like wake up when I had another contraction and then I would pass back out again. And I think that in that time, like after the first few months, because I really didn't start making anything, I would say my son was born in August. I didn't really start working um, on any of the projects for myself until January after. So I gave myself some time. But I think that all these ideas are things that I had been thinking about kind of my whole life, but I didn't really know where they fit. Um, And so after, I would say, after after the winter when my son was born I started getting serious about making the cards and then the cards they kind of became the book and then the book became the dream book Mm. Um, and all of this was happening while I went through Sacred Woman with Queen Afua and she really like she she is how I would say I received my great spiritual awakening Mm. Um, and that's another thing that I don't feel like I can explain unless it would be like explaining giving birth, you know, you yeah. would have to truly like have the experience of being like woken up fully to understanding all of the things. Um, and she helped, she helped me go through that. And then um, everything I learned with her aligned with the things that I was realizing from the almanac. Um, and so I wanted to find a way to put it all together. Um, all of that all of the moon things, all of the yoga things, all of the things I was already interested in. And I wanted it to feel like me. I wanted it to feel like the art that I wanted to create. And and that's kind of where I am Mm. now. I've been making these things, um, but they're really, they're for me to use, but I also sell them. But they're, I'm still like a student in all of this. I'm I wanted to have my own calendar to use because when I went out and found like I've have I have everybody's moon book everybody who makes a moon book I buy it I support them because I love it but then I'm still very like I wanted to have all of these things and so I have to design for myself because um I'm just extra and have to be I'm extra (laughs) (laughs) well I love yours like the quality of it is so beautiful like when I got it I just thought like oh my god this is just like a piece of art like it was like gorgeous and then like even as you were talking about it um I definitely like me thinking about my parents um my dad had it my grandpa had it like just even thinking about our ancestors and how yeah. this was just like a way of life. Like you were saying, yes. like my my father worked on my grandfather's farm and that's like how they ate. They caught fish. Yeah. That's just like what they did. And I'm sure it was just like passed down and passed down. But mm-hmm. in some ways, like through our culture, yeah. a lot of that was just lost or not really talked about in order mm-hmm. to it to like maintain. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's cool. Um, The other thing I wanted to ask, and I always ask like any mother that's raising black sons, more so just Mm -hmm. to like get insight from another Mm -hmm. mom. Um, 2020 was definitely just like a a different type of year. Um, How Mm -hmm. were you able to kind of process everything that went on while raising two black sons what was that experience like for you 
Yeah. Hmm. 2020 was tough. And I would say it was tough outside of all of the things that were happening in the world because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the beginning of the year in January, um, at the beginning of both of my pregnancies, I got very, very sick. Um, my morning sickness, my, uh, it was just, it was outrageous. Mm. And I basically just laid in bed all the time. And, um, that was, that was tough for me too, because I felt bad that like I couldn't, I just, it was, it was very intense. And then we were also planning to leave and go to Thailand and that being canceled kind of like put me in a weird place because I kept we didn't know what was going to happen in the world. We were like, everything is shut down. What? Like, what yeah. does this even mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't fly anywhere. Um, and so we kept thinking that we would be able to go. They would say like, okay, in at, in 30 days, it's going to reopen. And so for me, that kind of like blocked my ability to nest because I was like, we're going to leave. We, we literally had packed everything up and then they, they canceled our flights. So we had to like, unpack our life and doing that while being pregnant and while also having a one and a half year old running around was just like bananas (laughs) trying to be like because I was already I was already used to being at home all day because I already worked from home um I was already used to having her with me all the time um but I think that what became very like what we don't want to do Um, and it was just our choice was like the things that we were seeing happening in the hospitals. That was kind of where we were like, okay, let's keep him close. Let's keep him, um, here with us. And I, a lot of the books I would say that I was reading to him, um, were the things that I wanted him to know as an adult that I was trying to implant to him Mm. as a child, because Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that we, we said, okay, yes, we're ready to have kids. And him specifically was because we both kind of had our awakening at the same time. And we wanted to raise someone who could grow up knowing all of that and then kind of make their choice on who they wanted to be versus being 30 and then finding out all of these things. And you're like, man, I lived my whole life and didn't know any of this. And then wait, everything is not at all what it seems like we were just like, how cool would it be to have a person who knows all of that stuff? So then that's not what they have to think about because they already know the truth. So if they know the truth, what are they able to do beyond that? Or maybe they'll just be at peace. Maybe they won't need to do the most because they have the answers already. They understand what's inside of them. Um, And so I think those are the, and then now we're in West Africa and we've been taking our son to see on safaris Mm. and we took him to um this island called gory and Mm. that's where the door of no return is Mm. and to have him experience that and to also be like crying yourself and hearing what happened there like not by them telling you but just by being in there and feeling the vibration of the place but then seeing your son still filled with joy um and like the way he was processing it because I was like I know as a child he can still feel what we're feeling but he's interpreting it differently yeah it was it was crazy and I was just like how is how I don't know how this is going to impact him later like as he grows up but I just feel I feel really blessed that I'm able to do this for him but also almost like I was supposed to have him because 
I had to create this person that's going to have this experience that's going to do something later. Yeah. Like my role is almost he's he's who needed to be born in a sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and just because I've told you about that island, there's this other island on the other side. And when we went there a few days later, it had a completely different feeling. And what the guy told us was that the spirits from the island of Gore, they left there and they went to the other ha- island and they're happy and free and dancing. And I was just like, I can feel it. Like mm. it, you literally can tell the peace and happiness that's on this one island and the intensity of the other island. And I think the other thing of being here is because as being considered African-American, a lot of times that means you don't know your history. You don't know your heritage. You don't know your nationality of where you really came from. Mm -hmm. And so being here and seeing how people are responding to us and then thinking that we may be Senegalese and then speaking Wolof to us and these certain things, it's like, you, you don't consider that and what it really means until you come to a place like this or you talk with people who, who can trace their ancestry back hundreds and hundreds and mm-hmm. hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And um, my partner is actually able to do that. I'm not able to, but the fact that he can and the fact that the way people are responding to him here, um, it's, it's very intense and I'm still like, processing how to talk about it. I'm yeah. still processing what it all means, you know, because yeah. it's only been three weeks and I feel like a lifetime, like many, many lifetimes have gone by with the things that have happened. Um, but yeah. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, okay. So my last question um, before we wrap up, how did you come up with the names for your sons? Okay, so Haru Atis. Um, Haru is the name of the daughter. I mean, no, <laughs> Haru is the name of the son of Aset and Asar. And they are from ancient Kemet. And Kemet is the original name of ancient Egypt. Um, I'm obsessed with all of those things. I loved it when I was a child, and I kind of let it go for a little bit. And it was reintroduced to me through Queen Afua when she told me, um, basically, she was like, a lot of people think yoga came from India, but black people were doing yoga in Kemet for thousands of years before that. And it mm-hmm. blew my mind. And so it rebrought everything from my childhood back in. Um, and so I had to name my son Haru. He also, the story of Haru is very much in a modern way, his, the way he came to be in a sense. Um, and so that's, that's how his name came. But Matisse was also my favorite artist mm, forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, when I traveled through Europe, I went to his museum. I always made sure I found his paintings in every museum that I went to. Um, and just another thing on that is I wish that I had had my awakening before I went through Europe so that I would look at things differently. differently. Yeah. But, um, now I will. And when I take him, I'll be able to tell him. Um, and then my son Kawai, um, his Kemenic name is Kemenu, which means the land of the moon. Mm. And then Kawai, my um, my husband actually picked that up. Ah. <laughs> he said we were we were going through a couple names, and um, he did name him after Kawai Leonard, <laughs> ah. <laughs> but I didn't know who that was. And he was like, "What about Kawai?" And I was like, "What?" 
And then I went to sleep and I woke up really early and it just like, it was the first thing that popped in my mind. And I was like, his name is Kawhi. Oh. <laughs> and that's, um, that's how we chose it. And I love it so much. We, we spelled it differently um, because I looked it up and I wanted to know like, what's the meaning? What is, what is the details behind it? And it means comes from the water. Oh. And he was also, he was born in, he actually was born in the water. Oh. <laughs> so it's, it's very fitting. Um, and he's a Pisces rising, so it fits him perfectly. That's beautiful. That is, that's awesome. I love that. Um, do you think you're going to have any more? Or do you feel like you've wrapped it up? Um, I would love to. I don't want to yet. I would like to wait, I would say like, three or four years unless I just became pregnant again it would be fine but um I would like to wait before intentionally trying um and just see what happens you know mm -hmm. um I would love to have a girl but ah. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> people ask me that all the time like um do you think you guys will keep trying for a girl and I'm like um <laughs> I could have like 10 boys. I don't know. <laughs> I know. But thank you so much. boys love their mom so much. Oh, so yeah. It's really not that bad. No, it's really not that bad. I really don't feel like I'm like missing out on too much. I do enjoy yeah. like the love and the rambunctiousness of them. Like yeah, it, they're fun. Yeah. Boys are fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love being a boy mom. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> But thank you so much for um, being on the show, Sierra. I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yes.